Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Satan doesn't mind us meeting. He doesn't mind us gathering. But what he minds is that the presence of God comes and touches us and teaches us and leads us and guide us. And God said very, very plainly, very plainly, when you come into my house, you know, I, I, have, I have family that, uh, that I, have, I have some family, I have friends that love the Lord, and, uh, but they still smoke. And smoking's not a sin. It, it, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've already been there. <laughs> but it's not a sin. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, Thou shalt not a th- smoketh. It doesn't say that. It does say, Don't eat pork. But that's a whole other story. That's a, that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole other teaching. But when somebody comes to my house, I don't allow them to smoke in my house. Not, not, that it's, not that I think they're bad or evil or anything like that. I, that's not what I'm saying. It's just that my house, my rules. Does that sound fair? Well, what we, you know, we've gotten out of the point, we've gotten to the point that um, we don't want to call this a sanctuary anymore. We don't want to call this the house of God. We wanted to make it more generic. No, this is the house of God. This is God's house. This is God's house. This is, this is how he instructed us to meet with him. And he says, my house, my rules. And I understand. I understand how strange it is. I can remember the first time that, that, that I came and the pastor said, I want you to lift your hands. And I, you know, but when you think about it, he's almighty God. When you wake up in the morning, there's a thing called Moldea knee. Before your feet ever hit the ground, you stop and you say, I give you praise. And you enter in to all that he has for you that day with praise and thanksgiving. We need to get back in the habit. Folks, we, we need a move of God in America. We need a move of God in America. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying when I heard, and I, I don't remember, I can't give credit where credit is due because I don't remember who I heard it from. But when I was first a Christian, I heard this phrase, and it says, a move of God doesn't just die. It just gets misdirected. And you think about the whole concept of visitor-friendly. That became the, the theme, the visitor-friendly. we got to make the church visitor friendly and i understand that the nonsense and the craziness of what was going on in the holy spirit and the show and the carnival act that was going on but we'll never be visitor friendly if we don't have the presence of god in our midst and we need to contend for that can i have an amen do you believe that so I want you to get in the habit, not, not, nothing crazy, nothing, nothing, but biblical. 
just just be biblical. You know, I, I don't mean to go there this way. Last Sunday, we did a, we opened our building up for the Jewish community to come in and do a rally standing for the nation of Israel. And uh, we didn't realize how important it was that we opened our building because they had gone to every other place they could think of. They wanted to keep it more like downtown Dallas where the Jewish community is. And no one would, no one would open their doors. We're the only ones that would. And during this time, there's, I don't know if you know, there's changes that are taking place in the government of Israel right now as we speak. There's uh, probably Prime Minister Netanyahu is on his way out, and probably the new prime minister will be Bennett and Lapid. And so some religious leaders have said some very hurtful, nasty things, and and so I've been getting phone calls and, and things of, uh, would you write a letter? Would you make a statement? So I talked to friends of ours over in Israel, and I said, and I said this a little bit Sunday night. I said, our stance for Israel is not a man-made mandate. Our stance for Israel is a God-made mandate. And, uh, and so we've let it known that... Um, uh, we're not try- we're not involved with dictating Israel's politics. Anyway, long story short, I got a phone call what, Friday or Thursday night, and um, they've asked me to write a letter to the new president of Israel, which I had uh, the pleasure of uh, having breakfast with last time we were there, Scotty and I did, and the new prime minister, if this takes place. And I just got a phone call and say they understand New Beginning's love for Israel and, and all of our partners. Uh, our humanitarian stance with Israel of feeding the hungry, the Holocaust. So anyway, long story short is I've now been invited to meet with the new prime minister, with the new president when we go to Israel and, uh, and get to share with them uh, what we believe and how we love the people of Israel and, and all the people of Israel. That includes the Jewish people of Israel, the Palestinian people of Israel, the Christian people of Israel, and standing with a biblical Israel. And so, guys, we're, we're in, we're in, we're closer to the coming of the Lord than we can imagine. We really are. How many of you have ever, you know, I've been working on a series. I've been working on a series that I'm going to do sometime probably in this summer. How many have ever heard of the Battle of Armageddon? You've heard of the Battle of Armageddon? I'm going to do a series probably in, in the end of the summer on the book of Revelations. And the seven churches of Revelations. But what drew me to this was John's description of Jesus in the end times. We, we look at Jesus, and I don't want to get into this too much, but we look at Jesus and, man, he is the shepherd, he is the loving. But there's another part of Jesus. There's the part of Jesus that braided the whip. And ran the money changers out of the temple, Right? He's not just the kumbaya Jesus. He's the, uh, uh, I'm going to beat you to a pulp Jesus. Well, if you look at the book of Revelations, this, this end time Jesus 
is something that we need to pay attention to. And you look at the seven churches of Revelations, it's a, it's a warning. You look at the seven churches, and we're going to go over this. You look at the seven churches of Revelations, it's a warning. It's a warning to us today. Those seven churches represent every Christian in the world. And what Jesus has to say about it is, is eye-opening, especially when you look at what's happening in the world right now. But we know about, at this time of this revelation, Jesus, of the seven churches, we know about the battle of Armageddon. We, we know about that. And I'm just leading you up to something for today because we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. And in the battle of Armageddon, it names two very specific countries that God draws into probably what we will call World War III, but it is the coming of the Lord. Now, how many have ever heard of replacement theology? Replacement theology is the doctrine that says we as Christians, it's the false doctrine. It's, it's a total lie. It says that we as Christians have replaced Israel. We're the new Israel. We're the new Jews, which is a total, total fallacy, total fantasy, total lie. Paul warns in, in the book of Romans, Paul warns, don't you get caught up in this. We are grafted into them. They are not grafted into us. Amen. We serve a Jewish Jesus that never stopped being Jewish. And we are who believe in Jesus are heirs to the promises of who? Abraham. Our father Abraham. And so where this doctrine came about of replacement theology, it came about, and many of you know this, but for those that don't and those that are watching that may not know, where it came about was is that all of a sudden Christians started questioning the church fathers on Bible prophecy. And what they were saying is, is that here's a Bible prophecy that says the generation that sees the coming of the Messiah. Now, I want you to think about that. The generation that sees the coming of the Messiah will also see as a banner. God says it'll be a banner to the nations, waving a flag, getting your attention. It will see the Jews returning to their land. So people said, well, this is, this is thousands of years old. It hasn't happened. Historians say it will never happen. Never in the history of the world has a land been taken from a people. They have no land. They have no language. They have no government. They have no military. They have nothing. And then the people returned to that land. No government. No army. No language. It's never happened in the history of the world. It can't happen. So instead of waiting for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, the father said, well, we got to come up with the church fathers. We got to come up with an answer. So let's, t- let's say that the Jews are not the apple of God's eye anymore. The land of Israel is not that we're the new Israel. And they came up with replacement theology because they didn't wait for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The same thing has happened in my life since I became a Christian. How many years ago, mom? In 1975, I became a Christian. And 
people would read about the Battle of Armageddon, where God would put a hook in the jaw of Gog and Magog, Russia, Moscow, and draw them down into Israel, and that the Chinese army, which is the only army that had that many soldiers, would be drawn down. I've stood at Megiddo. I've stood on the, on the mountainside. I've looked at the valley, and they said, here the armies of the world will meet. Well, when I got saved, the Cold War was ending, and, and uh, China was not a, not a threat anymore. But all of a sudden, we see in the news every day, we see Russia, we see China, I don't know if you followed, you know, with the present administration, Biden shut down for, under Trump. We were first time in history. We were energy independent of anybody else. Biden shuts that down, makes a deal for oil with Iran. How many remember just last week, a couple weeks ago, that Gaza shot 4,000 rockets, 4,000 rockets into the, the little nation of Israel. Where'd they get those? Where did Iran get them? Russia. Not, not a secret, not a conspiracy. So here we have our president doing an oil deal with a country that over and over and over and over and over again vows to destroy us after Israel's destroyed. China, so Russia, everybody knows, it's not, it's not a secret. Everybody knows that Russia gives the weapons to Hamas, to the terrorists, to destroy Israel. China has just made, we've, our oil is shut down. We're giving hundreds of millions of dollars to Iran, an enemy who has vowed to destroy us. China's just made a, what is it, a $400 billion deal with Iran to, for oil. $400 billion, I believe it is, for oil. So all of a sudden, we have, just like, just like Israel will never become a nation, people said, well, Russia's out of it, China's out of it. And all of a sudden, in this last generation, all the pieces are coming together and God, and we're going to do a series on this, preparing for the battle. Yeah. So we know this is going to happen. Just like Israel became a nation, we know this is going to happen. Right. Right. But the Bible says that the last church is going out, a glorious church, without spot, without wrinkle, with the power of God. And so the end of this summer, we'll talk about preparing for that battle but i want to talk to you about preparing for your battle every day not the battle of armageddon but the battle of the enemy not the enemy it's the same enemy but not the enemy that's attacking israel but the enemy that attacks you now, the Bible says in the book of Acts, and this is why, you know, the, the, the word of God, it, it, it's, it's one of the most important things we can teach you. The word of God says we're to be aware of the wiles of the devil. You know what the word wiles means? The strategies are the ambush, the ambush of the devil. 
And I say this, and I say it, you know, tongue-in-cheek, and we laugh. If the devil came in with red long johns and horns and a pointed tail and a pitchfork, and he says, ah, don't lift your hands and worship God. Don't you dare speak in other tongues. That's not for you. We'd go, we rebuke you, devil. But instead of coming in long johns, he's comes in through the pulpit. And he says, that's not for you anymore. That's not for you anymore. That was only for the apostles. Next, next week, I believe we're going to do another part of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you the Bible says it's for you, your children, as many as far off. The devil comes in and says, well, you know what? That's just not your style. The very last words that Jesus said is, don't you leave to the disciples. These are, these are 11 guys that walked with Jesus for three and a half years, saw the deaf hear, the blind see, the dead raised, gold coins coming out of fishes' mouths. You'd think these guys would have a handle on the authority of God. But Jesus commanded them. Say command. Jesus commanded them, don't you leave until you receive the promise that the Father said he would send. And they got off. Well, Lord, when are you coming back? And he goes, no, no, listen to me. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, which I told you about, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Say power. See, the devil doesn't want you believing in, in Jesus. But if you believe in Jesus, the next thing he wants you not to have is the power and the authority of God that is yours through Christ Jesus. Power. You know, when I was, I was thinking about this, I was praying about this, I was, I was outside, actually, and I was walking and praying uh, about this message, and, and I was reminded of a story, and Tiz, Tiz is so much better at names than I am. I'm, I'm just, I am terrible. It's one of the things that my family mocks me continually about. We were in Australia, pastoring in Adelaide, South Australia, and we had about two o'clock in the morning, we got a phone call, and there was a lady, a single mom in our, in our church, and we, we get on the phone, and it's the police. And they said, so-and-so, are you Pastor Larry? And we said, yes. And he said, is so-and-so a member of your church? We said, yes. They said, well, she's just a man just broke into her house and attacked her, and, and can you come over? So we went over there, and we walk in, and they're interviewing uh, this, this precious lady in our church, and they've got her sitting at the kitchen table, and the detective is writing. He's got to write everything down. And he said, then what happened? She said, I woke up, and he had a knife to my throat. And the guy goes, he woke up, you woke up, and had a knife to my throat. And then what happened? He grabbed me and pulled me out of the bed. He grabbed me and pulled me out of the bed. Then what happened? He slammed me against the wall, and he slammed me against the wall. And then what happened? And she said, I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Remember this? And he goes, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Then what happened? She said, I began to speak in other tongues. And he goes, 
I began to speak in other tongues. He goes, what do you mean other tongues? And she goes, And I looked at Tiz and I said, let's see him write that down. It's a fact. It is. It is. And he goes, then what happened? He said, when I began to speak in other tongues, he said, when I began to speak in other tongues, he screamed, the guy goes, he screamed, threw the knife down, threw the knife down, and ran out the door. True story. The devil does not want us functioning in his power. So he comes in and he says, let's be visitor friendly. You know what visitor friendly is? Visitor friendly is I walked in the doors of a little church with seven federal warrants for my arrest for drug dealing. I got saved. I walked out of that church, born again. I became drug free. I became a child of God. You can't get any more visitor friendly than God changing someone's life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I have an amen? What I want to talk to you this morning is about the battle that we're in and the power and the authority that we have in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 1.13 says, You and I were delivered from the power of darkness. Now, the word power in the original translation is the word authority. When we get saved, we are delivered from the authority. Satan is over our lives. He rules us. He reigns us. He pushes us. Nobody wants to be an angry person. Nobody wants to be a drug addict. Nobody wants to be depressed. Nobody wants to be full of anger. Nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wants to have a spirit of poverty on them. Nobody wants this. But outside of Jesus, Satan is the authority over our lives. In Hebrew, the word authority means to rule. But listen to this. It's, it's the word samkot. And it means, um, it, it means in English uh, to rule, to be placed with a purpose. Think about this. To be placed with a purpose and someone who can be relied upon. So when we get saved, God delivers us from the authority of Satan and he gives us the authority of God. You know what that means? That every one of us who are believers and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he's placed us in this world. Just like he said to Esther, for such a time as this, he has placed you and I and he wants to rely on you that wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. He's not talking about just coming to church on Sunday and sit there and it's a nice place to gather. He's talking about Sunday being the gas station, refilling us, rebaptizing us, re-energizing us, re-anointing us so that when we go into all the world and preach the gospel, we are telling people with authority that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible says these signs of authority and power will follow those who believe. Somebody say amen. Matthew 28 says, all power 
Jesus is speaking. All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Listen to this. Jesus says, all power is given to me in heaven and all power is given to me on earth. And then he looked at the disciples and he says, as my father sent me with power, I am sending you. Go ye into all the world. Wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not just secret Christians. This will age me. Back when I first got saved, there was commercials on television about Lady Clairol. Does anybody remember Lady Clairol? Raise your hand if you remember Lady Clairol. See, see, it goes to show you. Lady Clairol was a hair coloring for women. And the theme was, when you use Lady Clairol, only your hairdresser knows for sure. And we were trained, don't be a Lady Clairol Christian where only God knows for sure. If you were arrested for being a Christian and they brought your neighbors in and they had them testify, is this person a Christian? Would there be enough evidence to find you guilty of being a born-again child of God? We need to go from only the church knows for sure that the whole world knows that we are children of the living God. Now, once again, I'm not talking about the nut stuff. I'm not talking about the, 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 the carnival act or the show, but I'm talking about, listen, when somebody, when one of your neighbors tells you about, uh, uh, somebody in their family has cancer or tells you about a, a, a marital situation or tells you about this, you say calmly with dignity and order, can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? Because Jesus cares about your marriage. He cares about your health. He cares about your children. And you tell them stories that you've known because we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Listen to me very carefully. We are not going to evangelize the world with another television program, with another church in another corner. We're going to evangelize the world when the world sees that Jesus Christ Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals the sick. He still delivers. He still saves. He still sets the captive free. And God will confirm that with signs, wonders, and miracles, which is the reason why Jesus commanded us, don't leave without the Holy Spirit, for you will receive power. As my Father, all authority, Jesus said, there's nothing that I don't have authority over. And as my father sent me, I'm sending you. Now, right now, when I say that, the devil is whispering to some of you. And he's saying, who do you think you are? They said that same thing to Jesus. They said, who gives you authority over this? Who gives you authority? They said that to the apostles. Who gives you the authority to do this? I'll tell you who gives us the authority. It's the marching orders of Jesus. He said, I'm going to send you one that is identical to me. In other words, I'm going to send my spirit into you. That's why in Hebrew, it's called Rolech HaKodesh. It's called the breath 
of God. God said, I will breathe into you. When we lift up our hands, when we worship God, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I know this sounds corny, but when you speak something out, you've got to breathe something back in. Too many of us have become dead seas in the spirit. We had it come in, but we got nothing going out, and therefore there's not any fresh living water coming into our hearts. Today is the day. Now is the time here and wherever you're watching around the world. This is a time to open the dam. Let that stagnant water out and let the new water in and breathe in the breath of the Holy Spirit of God because it is the power of God. Matthew 16, Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. He goes on and he says, And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now I want to show you something that is not a gimmick. But I want to show you something that we were talking about the last few days, the last couple of weeks, and I said, you know what? I don't think people nowadays are really being taught and therefore don't really understand spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Look, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 13. And I want to talk to you about the authority of God, the power of God, and that connection to the miracles of God. Luke chapter 13, starting with verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. You know, just a side note. Remember last week we talked he was teaching in one of the synagogues and someone demonically controlled spoke out. Now here he is again in the synagogue. Let's, let's, let's make that the church. I think we need to expect the manifestation of the power of God and the authority of God and the miracles of God whenever we meet together. Because the Lord said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of you. In other words, the Spirit of Christ, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is with us at this very moment. Right here, right now, at this very moment. Look at this. Now he was teaching one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had, and I want you to underline this, a spirit of infirmity. She was sick, but Jesus calls it a spirit of sickness. A spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed, underwind loosed, from your infirmity. Now I'm going to get on this, but I want you to understand, Jesus is calling this a spirit. And he doesn't say, Woman, you are healed. He says, Woman, you are loosed. Now, once again, so many times when God brings revelation, we end up turning that into a gimmick. This is not about a gimmick. 
This is about authority, about power, and about miracles. A spirit of infirmity. And he says to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, because of but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his oxen or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So not, so ought not this woman, being a, a daughter of Abraham, whom, what's the next word? Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath. Now, so many times that is a teaching about legalism and the law, but that's not really the reason for this to be in there. The reason this is in there is because Jesus speaking the Jews, is reviving a understanding that they had lost. Jesus, first off, calls this. Here's this woman. We can just picture her bound up. Jesus calls this a spirit of sickness. Now, we don't know what it is. It may have been all kinds of things that bent her over. But Jesus specifically calls it a spirit of infirmity. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Just, I was just going to paraphrase it, but I think we need to read it. Ephesians chapter 6. Jesus is dealing with a spirit of infirmity. Look at verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, let me take a moment. Jesus is not saying, now that you're a Christian, you don't have any battles. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me, let me add something there. Let me, let, me, let me put something to help clarify. We don't wrestle. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but our battle is with principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in high places. In other words, number one, there is a battle, no problem. Number two, the battle is with spiritual identities. Are you okay? See, I know we're not taught this anymore. But this is why we're losing our country. We're losing our country because we're losing our church. And we're losing our church because we're losing our authority. Look at what he goes on to say. Verse 13. 
because you're battling with spiritual darkness, therefore, and I'm going to teach on this probably in the next week or two, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, and he goes into the armor of God. The thing that the Lord wants us to see this morning is that whether it's sickness, the case with Tiz and Lion, whether it's finances, your company or your investments, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children or your grandchildren, whether it's um, anger or depression, whatever it is, we battle not with flesh and blood, but we do battle with principalities and powers and rules of darkness. And we need to understand that the only way to win this is with spiritual, the understanding of authority and power in spiritual warfare. Now, let me, let me, let me show you one of the most bizarre scriptures in the New Testament. And we're going we're gonna to hit on this first part in a minute. Jesus walking with the disciples, and he says, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, and we're going we're gonna to end with that. But right after that, right after that, he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Right? Flesh and blood didn't tell you this. The spirit of my father told you this. Right? Are, are, you, are you following? Listen very carefully where I'm going with this. You didn't get this from man. Now remember, our battle is not with flesh and blood, and our answers are not with flesh and blood. Our battle and our answers are spiritual. So Peter has the revelation of all revelations. You are the Christ. And Jesus said, on this I'll build my church, and hell won't win anymore. You didn't get this from man. You didn't get this from flesh and blood. You got this from the spirit of my father. The very next thing Jesus says, now I've got to go and die. And Peter goes, not so, Lord. And Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. He went from hearing the spiritual voice of God to hearing the spiritual voice of Satan. That's one of the strangest scriptures. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus wasn't talking to Peter. He wasn't saying to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Imagine Peter going. Man, he went from the penthouse to the outhouse in four verses. He was talking to principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Do I, do I agree with Biden and these guys? Heck no, I don't agree with them. But it's not flesh and blood that I'm battling. It's principalities. And who would, who would, who would, who would fight so hard to abort a baby? Fight so hard to keep a baby alive in a comfortable situation out of the womb and then decide whether to kill or not? Who would do that? No human being would do that. Satan does that. 
So we need to understand, just like Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. We need to understand that our battle, whether it's something someone says or something someone does, our battle is not a battle of flesh and blood, but our battle is a battle of spiritual power. And so we need to understand You need to understand, I need to understand, and stand up on this. Greater is he that's in us. Satan doesn't care if we come together and we have little talks and we we sing kumbaya. He doesn't care about that. But what he does care about is understanding spiritual warfare. This is one of the reasons why we come to church. We'll get into this in the weeks to come. The, the, the putting on the armor of God. The first thing is the knowledge of God, the word of God. You got to know what the word of God says. But the main thing I want to point out today is that we've got to understand that we have power and we have authority. This is why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. It's not enough. To have knowledge. It's not enough to be able to quote scripture. When we lived in Australia, we had a parrot and a, a, a cockatoo. Cockatoo? Cockatoo. And I taught it to talk. This the true. And and when people come in, it would go, pay your tithe. <laughs> that bird could say it, but that bird didn't understand it. That's the same thing that we studied last week. When, the, when, when that person said, come out of her in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. The seven sons of Sceva said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? We need to understand there's no power in saying, I bind you. You've got to understand who you are. Now, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere. You've got to first understand who you are. Well, I'm just nobody. Shame on you. You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And as the Father sent him with all authority, so he sends us. Now, listen what Jesus said in Matthew 10. It's so important. And calling the 12 disciples to him, Jesus gave them authority over unclean spirits so that they could drive them out and heal every disease and sickness. Now, I'm going to show you something that's not a gimmick, but if you'll listen to me, I think it'll change your life. Let me read this again, and I want you to see if you can catch something here. And calling his 12 disciples to him, Jesus gave them authority over unclean spirits so that they could drive them out and heal every sickness and disease. Now, I think a lot of times when we read these scriptures, we don't understand. I know we don't because most of the church is not taught to read the Bible from the original Hebrew. This is, this is an incredibly Jewish understanding, and I'm going to show it to you in just a minute, but I want to show you something. When Tiz and Lion got sick, the first thing we did not do 
is lay hands on them so they would be healed. That is not the first thing we did. The first thing we did, and we always do in every situation, is first drive the enemy out. Jesus looks at this child of Abraham who is bound up. And he calls it a spirit of infirmity. Now, I know I'm saying this over and over again, and I'm not just saying it to to just repeat myself or be redundant, but I'm saying it for you to grab the spiritual warfare concept. Jesus teaches something, and I haven't heard anybody teach this in years. He said, you're going in to take back from the strong man what he's stolen. Right? Now, if you read the scripture before that, what's Jesus doing? He's bound the devil. He's taken authority away from the devil. And... The religious people said, oh, he's doing this in the name of Beelzebub. And Jesus said, De- the devil wouldn't bind the devil. And then he gives them an illustration. He said, how can you go into a strong man and take back what he has stolen if you don't first bind him? Remember, binding means removing the authority. So when we look at, we we put these together, and we look at this woman who was bound by the devil with a spirit of infirmity. Jesus did not go and lay hands on her back first and say, this arthritis, this scoliosis, or whatever, be healed. He first went in and said, devil, I bind you. I forbid your authority in this situation. Then he laid hands on the sick and they recovered. You first have to go in and bind the strong man. It doesn't matter if it's sickness. Let's say, let's say, your marriage is being attacked. You guys are fighting. There's this, this and that. Let, let, me, let me give you an illustration. When Tiz and I first got married, we would go to church. We'd go to work, wherever, everything good. We'd come home, and within minutes, we'd be fighting. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know What? I don't know who lived in it. We're living in a little trailer. I don't know who lived in here before we did. So we got together and we bound that spirit of fighting and arguing in our home. We bound that. We took the authority away from Satan and everything changed. Now, I'm not against counseling, but counseling wouldn't have worked. I'm not against therapy. Therapy wouldn't have worked. Jesus saw this woman 18 years. Talk about a generational curse. And the Bible says he bound 
the devil said, Satan, you have no authority. When, when, when we found out Lion and, and Tiz were sick, well, the first thing we did is, Satan, we bind you. Because we know that sickness does not come from God. Jesus said, this woman who is bound by the spirit of infirmity from Satan. So whether it's, let's say it's your marriage, your home. What you do is you bind the devil. Say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I take your authority. The Bible says, resist the devil. Can I I give you a South St. Louis example of resisting? Kick the fire out of him. Beat him till he's on the ground. Gouge his eyes. Kick his teeth. And then let the healing process begin. See, we almost think that to bind the devil is like, oh, this person's uh, demon-possessed and everything. No, there's a di- there, and, and there's no time to get in it. But whether it's oppression, possession, depression, it's all from the devil. It's a spirit. We battle not with flesh and blood, but we do battle with principality. So if your marriage, your, your children are, are, are out there doing what they shouldn't be doing, instead of jumping on them, and you need to discipline them, you need to be in charge of your own children, but you also need to understand it's not God pulling them away from the kingdom of heaven. It's Satan. And so you need to go in and bind the strong man and take back the goods are you following me let me let me give you let me give you uh go with me to matthew chapter 16 it it's worth it's worth taking five more minutes to understand and once again you've got to you've got to understand This is the reason for the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you all things to come. This is the reason for the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the reason why the enemy has tried to remove the Holy Spirit from the church. Because he doesn't want us gathering. We've seen that. You can gather for gambling in Nevada. You just can't gather for church. And if you do gather in church, you can't sing. You know, they came out, Fauci knew all along that masks don't work. He knew all along. I, I read his email. He said it was for, nah, it's a, it's a joke. But why don't they want you gathering? Because we're two or three to gather in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Why don't want you singing? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. But let's take it another part. Well, we just come to church. Jesus said, when you come, lift up your hands, enter in my gates with thanksgiving. You know, but how many churches just come together and go, God, if anybody said amen, the, the whole place would fall over. And you know what amen means? So be it. Do you, do you understand? I'm not talking about gimmicks. I'm not talking about nonsense. I'm talking about understanding of spiritual warfare. Look at this scripture. This is one of the most important scriptures that we can give you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And I'm closing with this scripture, kind (laughs) of. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now put your finger right there. 
Let me give you a scripture. And, and, and I may go over this. I, you know, I, you know I, people say, well, Pastor, you always say, I may do this. I may do that. Because I don't know what I'm going to do the next. You know, I, I, I think I know what I'm going to preach when I come to church. And the Holy Spirit may change it. He, he may say, there, uh, there's a different wind I want you to go down. But so many people, if you go and research the Holy Spirit, there will pe- be people who will say, well, that was only for the 12. I, I mean, it, sermons is only for the 12. On the day of Pentecost, there was 120. Oh, um, oh okay. All right. And then he says, it's for you and your children, as many as are far off, even as the Lord God should call. And so we, we may go over that because there's been all kinds of teachings. You know who the first Pentecostal people in America were? Black people. Black people that would lift their hands up in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of the most unjust, unfair treatment. And they would lift up their hands, and they didn't know the answer, but they knew he did, and they would pray in the spirit, and they would pray in the understanding. And a lot of people said, well, then that's not for us. I wasn't going to go there, but I can feel it. And so they've come up with these false doctrines. It's for us. And it's more for us in the latter rain than it's ever been in the former rain. Amen? Because Jesus is the same. Come on. Come on. Come on. Look what it says. And when Jesus came in the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do you say he is? Do you say this is what he used to do? Do you say this is what he's going to do? Or do you say this is what he's doing today? Because he never changes. So they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Look at me. Who do you say he is? Who do you? Doesn't matter who I say he is. Or your husband, or your wife, or your neighbor, or your friend, or your home leader says, Who do you know he is? Who do you know he is? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. You're the burden-removing, yoke-destroying anointing of God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou. Simon Barjona. That word blessed right there means, that word blessed right there means, who do you say? You're you're the one who forgives sins and breaks every curse. And he said, blessed are that word blessed right there means anointed from heaven. Who do you say is? Is he the Christ? Is he the Christ? Say yes or no. Is he the Christ? Anointed from heaven. Anointed from heaven. Anointed from heaven. Say, anointed from heaven. Lift your hands up. Say, I'm anointed from heaven. Come on, say it again. I'm anointed from heaven. Blessed art thou, Simon Virginia, for once again, here it is, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, not on Peter, Peter is not the rock. Peter's not the rock. The, 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 the rock is the word. Not a man. The rock is the word. On this word, Peter, on the revelation, 
that I am the burden-removing, yoke-destroying anointing of God. Look at this. I will build my church. Now, now I know you know this, but let me just take a moment. I will build my church. You're the church. I'm the church. You're the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail, will not defeat it anymore, will not win against it. Okay? Will not win. Right? Right? All right. Now, look, you got you to gotta put it all together. And I give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loosen on earth is loosed in heaven. Now, let me show you something, and then we're going to close. The word bind literally means to forbid. This is a, this is a, this is a very, this is a very, this teaching that Jesus is giving. I, whenever I say to you, it's out of ancient Jewish wisdom. There's lots, there's several main books of ancient Jewish wisdom, and I don't usually give you the name of them because it's too confusing, and most of you don't read Hebrew. And This is out of what's called the Mishnah of binding and loosing. This is not something new with Jesus. This is a revelation that when a prophet or someone had the spirit of God come upon them, that they would be able to bind the enemy. The word bind from ancient Jewish wisdom means to forbid with indisputable authority indisputable authority. So when you understand this and you say, devil, I bind you, the devil can't dispute it. It's not a, oh, I bind you. You know, it's not like uh, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, rub dub dub, thanks for the grub. It's not a quotation. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not a quotation. It's not a, a phrase. It's an understanding. It's a revelation of who you are. Who you are. Well, I'm just a dad. I'm just a mom. You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. All authority is given to me. As my father sent me, now I'm sending you. Wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Does Satan have any authority in heaven? No. Tell them wherever you go. Kingdom of heaven is here. Cast out the devil. And and once again, and I I know I keep reiterating this, but it's not like, oh, the person demon possessed. If that case comes up, fine. But sometimes that devil is attacking your home, attacking your marriage, attacking your family. Before you pray for the healing of that, bind him. Go in there and bind that strong man. And then take back what he has stolen. Amen. Let me end, let me end, let me end with this. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Jesus said, "Say, anybody got a set of keys? Anybody got a set of keys? I meant to bring mine because I have I have so many keys. I need more keys." Well, this could be the binding key and the loosening key. Okay. All right. Well, this will, this will, here we go. 
And I've said this before, but, and I say it to, to kind of get your attention. I remember in high school, there was a guy, he was, he was just kind of a weird guy, and he carried on his belt a big ring of keys. The, the guy didn't own a bike. You didn't need a key to get in your locker. You had a combo. But why would, why, why? Why would you wear keys? Like, what are keys a symbol of? Keys are a symbol of authority. Right? What do keys do? Open doors and, you said it, lock doors. That's what Jesus is saying. But here's what we do. And I know you've heard this. But you need to hear it. Jesus saw that woman who for 18 years was bound by Satan. And before he laid hands on her, he first cast that spirit out. Devil, I bind you. Jesus said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say is? Who do you say is? Who do you say is? Who do you say? Who do you? Who do I say is? He's not just my savior. He's the Christ. He's the one who forgives me of my sin, but gives me authority over Satan. When we found out Tiz was sick, Lion was sick, we said, "Devil, we buy every day." The first thing I pray, devil, I buy. I, first thing I say, I praise you, God. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. I enter in. And then in my prayers, I devil, I bind you. I bind you. Thank you, Lord, for delivering Tis. Thank you, Lord, for delivering uh, uh, Lion. Thank you, Lord. When I'm praying for you, I bind the devil. When I'm praying for you, I bind the devil. Because we battle not with flesh and blood. So Jesus is walking with his disciples. And he said, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. He said, I'm more than that. Some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah. He said, I'm more than that. I'm more than that. Who do you say that I am? You can almost see Peter after three and a half years ago. You're the Christ. Now, this is a Hebrew word. It means the anointed one. The anointed one is the one who removes the burden and breaks the yoke. That's the highlight of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. The curses are broken and the blessings are released. The curses are broken before the blessings are released. You've got to go into the field and kill the weeds. Or when the harvest starts to grow up, the weeds will what? Choke it out. How many times have people said, I started to get better. or Things were getting better. Then it went worse again. That's the whole teaching on Yom Kippur. You got to first break the curse. You got to bind the devil. So Peter says, You're the Christ. This is spiritual warfare. It's not just about someday in heaven. Someday Armageddon, we're going to talk about this before long. Someday the valley of Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon is going to take place. I've stood there, I've stood right there. We were standing on that mountain one time doing a teaching on the battle of Armageddon, and all of a sudden a sonic boom took off and everybody repented. I'm not kidding you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Forgive me if it's in. I promise I'll teach Tiz better. She can buy whatever she wants. Or treat Tiz better. 
Do you remember that? Who was in Egypt? Were you with it? I mean, we're on there talking about, man, the end time. The war. All of a sudden, the war will come. And just boom. And, and you go, oh, man. <laughs> but before that happens, and it may happen today, we don't know. Before that happens, we got battles going on here. So Jesus says, who do you say? And he said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And he said, you didn't get this from man. You got this from the spirit of my father in heaven. Because we battle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, rules, and darkness, and high places. And he said, when you get this, hell won't beat you anymore. Are you hearing this? Are you, are you, you know, I said, hell won't beat you. And I'm like, oh yeah, praise God. I wonder what time Burger King's open. Oh, by the way, Burger King. I will not eat Burger King anymore. Right? Burger King's making fun of, Burger King's giving a donation for everything you buy from Burger King. They're giving it a donation to the LBJQYMZ, sometimes Y. And they're making fun of Chick-fil-A for being closed on the Lord's Day. Whataburger's better anyway. Whataburger's better anyway. We got to stand up. We got to stand up and speak out. And so he says, who do men say that I am? <laughs> You're going to begin. Let me show you something. Come stand with me. Dean, come stand with me. We'll use, we'll use some ladies. Come stand with me. Now, I'm not picking you in the order you're supposed to be in, so come stand with me. Come stand with me. Jesus says... Who do men say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. He said, on this, I'll build my church. Hell won't win anymore. Then he says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. I give you, I give you the authority of the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, Jesus said, all authority I have in heaven and. So when you go to work tomorrow, understand your authority. When you wake up tomorrow, understand your authority. So in the beginning, God had all the authority. He created man, and he gave man the authority. Oh, we need to switch. Move down. Evo, you have to be Satan today. A Brazilian Satan. I knew it all along. So in the beginning... God had all the authority. He created man and he said, I give you the authority. Man fell in the garden. Satan became the God of this world and turned over the authority. Sorry, evil. <laughs> but then comes along Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross, goes to the gates of hell, stomps on the devil's forehead and takes the keys of life and death. So Jesus, a female Jesus, you know, switch. <laughs> So Jesus has the authority, right? But once you and I get saved, he says, who do you say that I am? See, here's what most of us do. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And Jesus said, no, it's finished. Are you okay with this? I know I'm taking a long time, but are you okay? Do you understand this? It's finished, right? Brother, it's finished. And he said, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. He said, now I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind, 
Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So when we're saying, when we're saying, Jesus, help my marriage, Jesus, help my marriage. He said, I will, but you got to understand something. I don't have the keys. I'm at the right hand of the father making intercession. I had all the authority in heaven and earth, but I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you forbid on earth is forbid in heaven. And whatever you loosen on earth is loosed in heaven. Somebody say, I've got the keys. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, guys. Stand with me all over the building, if you would. Let me read one last scripture to you. Instead of just paraphrasing, and I, I, I feel like I need to read it to you. Jesus has sent all his followers out. And listen to what they say in Luke chapter 10. Then the 70 returned. See, uh, well, it's only, I, 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 I was, you know, I do research and seven. Well, it was only for the 12. Well, here, right here, it says 70 returned. Then it grew to 120. We'll deal with that. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. Now, once again, when we read that, we think, uh. <laughs> right? But is your finances be, are your finances being attacked? Did you lose your job? God's got a better one. Say, devil, I bind you. You know, that's, that's spiritual warfare. When you can't, when you're having a hard time paying your bills or you're worried about this or about that, that's spiritual warfare. When your kids start to drift, you know, we pray God send them the right people to be around them. But we bind the devil that would lead them away. Just like Peter said, you know, not so, Lord. And he goes, Satan, get behind me. We need to understand that we're not battling that person. We're battling spiritual battles. And then he said, Lord, even demons are subjuous in your name. And he said to them, Listen to the words of Jesus. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. He's, he's not talking about snake handling. and He's talking about when the devil attacks you. Amen? So, you don't go... Oh, Lord, remove it. If, if, if uh, the other last Friday, <laughs> last Friday or Saturday, the guys all went camping and they went into this lake and uh, Wanderson's never been camping before. <laughs> let me let me let me tease Wanderson a little bit. They said he started off there. We need to do this every quarter within hours. He goes, I'll never do this again. <laughs> And then, and then one of the guys was up on the bluff, and they're down there swimming in this lake. And he goes, hey, guys, there's a big snake behind you. And they go, yeah. He goes, no, there isn't. They go, you've never seen Wanderson move so fast. <laughs> Wanderson became an instant rock climber, mountain climber. <laughs> 
Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Spiritual. And over all the power, 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 over all the power. Come on. Over all the power. Over some of the power, over some. Right? Over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that's pretty neat stuff, right? Authority and power. That's what built the first church. That's, that's, what, that's what built the first church. And that's what's going to build the last church. Signs and wonders and miracles. Not, not nonsense. Not, not taking the glory, giving him all the praise and the glory. So that's pretty heady stuff. But listen how Jesus ends this. Nevertheless. No, he just said, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. He said, I give you all authority, authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, the power over all the enemy, nothing will hurt you. That's pretty good stuff. But he said, nonetheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice. Here's the real miracle. Your name is written in heaven. There's the miracle. Look at me. Look at me. Pastor, why would I, should I give my life to Christ? I want to go out and party. I want to go out and do these things. And then, you know, before I die, I'll give my life to Jesus. Until you give your life to Jesus, Satan rules you. Satan has authority over you. Because you've elected him to have that. You, you look at our government right now. They have power because some people elected that and they cheated. But <laughs> even that, I got to, you can never, whenever I travel, the last thing Tiz says to me is, I love you. I say, I love you too, baby. Behave yourself. <laughs> The loving part always works. The behaving self never, never works. Until you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Satan has rule over you. He rules you. And he can come and steal and kill and destroy at his whim. But when we accept Christ as our Savior, it's not just about victory in eternity. It means we are more than conquerors right here on earth. Now, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But all of that begins by giving your life to Jesus Christ. So I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed. And I went, once again, I went 20 minutes over. Forgive me. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed and no one's looking around, you say right now, Pastor, I realize that to be victorious in my home, my life, my marriage, in everything. It all begins with receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, my Savior from all the power of the enemy. So as heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around and you watching by stream all over the world, we love our stream family. 
you're here and you'd say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to the Lord. Lift your hand up right where I can see it and just hold it there for a moment. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. Remember me in prayer. I'm not going to call you up, but I want you, I want, I want you to raise your hand. Lift it up and hold it there. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Keep them up. Thank you. That hand, 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 that hand. God bless you over here. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. Raise it real high where I can see that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand. God bless you. That bless you. That hand, God bless you. Give these people a great big God bless. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want us to pray this prayer together. And here's what I want you to do. Even if you've never done it before, lift your hands up. You know what you're doing is you're worshiping and you're surrendering. Let's close our eyes and say this together, all of us as a family. And those of you who are watching, we're, we're lifting our hands up over you. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now, say this with authority. Come on, say this with, as, as, with authority and power. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Out of my body. Out of my home. Out of my family. Out of my finances and out of my future. Devil... I bind you in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if you receive that, give the Lord a great big clap offering. Amen. Now, I was going to move. I was going to minister in the gifts. I will do that next week. I feel this every time. That's why I want us to come in. I want to ask you to come in, be here for the praise and worship. Set that up. A prophet never moves. And I'm not calling myself a prophet. I'm just giving you Bible. A prophet never moved without music. Without music, it, it's always there. And God's given me w- words, but I, I've already kept you 20 minutes over, and I know you got to go. Um, but let me lift your hands. Let me, let me pray one more. Father, I release the revelation of authority. I release the revelation of power on us. Not for our glory, but for the glory of the kingdom of God. And we give you all the praise. L- look at me. Look at me right now. Lift your hands this way. I can feel... When, when I first got saved, there was this man. He was incredible gifts of the Spirit. He called people out. It's like nothing you've ever seen. And he called me out, and he said, you'll feel it in your hands. I can feel that right now. I, I want to release that to you. Lift your hands towards me. Father, I release that anointing right now. I release it across the airwaves right now. Father, let us be a house of authority and power, glorifying the name of God. Let this be a place of signs and wonders and miracles. In the, I, I, forgive me, forgive me for this. There's somebody that's been having stomach problems. 
in your, in your intestines, in your stomach, wave at me. Who is that? One, put, your, put somebody lay hands on her. One, I feel like there's actually three or four. Oh, two, three, put your hand, put your hand. Guys, uh, girls on girls if we can. If not, guys on guys. We're, we trust each other. One, two, three. I feel like there's one more. I feel like there's one more. Somebody else right over here. Well, there's another one. Amen. Put your hands on them. Put your hands on them. Put your hands on them. Amen. Put your hands on them. There's somebody else that's got somebody else that has been diagnosed with a lump. And I don't mean to be indelicate. A lump on your breast. Who? On the stomach? James' stomach and his wife, Rita, on the breast. On her breast? Okay, it's going to be anybody else with a lump? There's James. Go, go behind there. Go behind there, you girls, and lay hands on them. Anybody else with a lump on your breast? Okay, it's going to be anybody else? Wave at me. A lump on your breast? So it's Rita's got a lump on her breast. Rita, I know she's at work. It's just a fatty t- pocket. It's just a, fa- it's just a fatty pocket. It's just a fatty pocket. Uh, 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 some of you with, with your stomach problems, it's, uh, it's anxiety. There's things that you're worried about. God is lifting that worry right now, and the answer is already on its way. There's somebody else with a stomach, and it is a blockage in your, in your intestines. There's a blockage in your te- intestines. That, is gonna, that blockage is going to leave by this evening. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and we give you glory in the name that is above every name, in Jesus' name. If you believe in the power of the Lord, give the Lord a clap offering. 